You're listening to the Bryony Kennedy Lifestyle Edit, brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. Welcome to episode two of the Briny Kennedy Lifestyle Edit, brought to you by myself and my producer, Jack. And we're going to be talking about all things skincare today. Indeed. It's, a, it's great to be back again. And it was so nice to hear some of the lovely comments we had about our first episode of the Briny Kennedy Lifestyle Edit. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Especially uh, knowing how difficult it was for us to get that first one rolling. So, yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Only up from here. Exactly. So what are we up to today, B? I thought today would be really good to explore all of the basics of skincare. I know there's just so much out there these days that it is very, very confusing for a lot of people and they just want to know where they need to get started. And for those of us that want to explore a little bit more, what do you do then? But I think the first thing that we need to discuss is what is skin and what actually is skincare? So I just think God of the days that we're slapping on refoil to mm. bake in the, the sun. And Thank God. Use, yeah, I know. My God, lemon lemon juice in the hair. <laughs> and, you know, a face washer was pretty much all your flannel if you're English. And what was it? Oil of Olay. Oil, oil of Olay. Olay. If, you, if you had a bit of money. That was very posh. It was very posh. Back in the day, oil of Olay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was either ponds or if you had money, it was oil of Olay. <laughs> like let's, <laughs> no disrespect to ponds. But that was basically, you know, the trajectory of what skincare you had available. So yeah. I thought I'd get started with um, skin. Okay, so skin, if we all can agree, is the largest organ. And it really is there to protect us against germs. It regulates body temperature and it enables touch and sensation. And so, keeps, you know, the blood inside correct. circulating our insides where they need to be. on the inside. Interestingly enough, it also has the most diseases of any organ. And so therefore with infections and things like that, it makes sense to me that you want to look after your skin because any kind of little micro tears or irregularities in the skin, of course, it's going to open up to all sorts of things that can go on. Hence why dermatologists have to study for, you know, over 10 years. So practising a good routine to support your skin integrity is therefore super important and I think looking at skin care as an ongoing measure, it's not something that you just take on a product and you do it for, I don't know, a week or two or a month and hope that you're going to get the great results. It's no different to your diet. It's no different to your exercise. It's an ongoing commitment. So that's the first thing I really want to get across to people. Yeah, or like brushing your teeth. Exactly. It's just a normal daily function. That's right. Mm. And I had this conversation with someone recently and she said, oh, I was using this particular eye cream and it worked for a while and then I stopped using it and my eyes, you know, returned to normal. And I'm like, well, that will happen because you need to use a product as an ongoing commitment. It's not something that, you know, cells renew, they turn over. Um, and so you're really only treating the skin that you can see. So it makes sense that you've got to keep doing that. So that's the first thing. Look at it as a commitment and what can you do and what can you use as an ongoing um, routine that suits you and your budget, but also will need to change a little bit as you age and different lifestyles and also different environments, whether you're in humid, you're in cold. So all of these things come into play. But I think in Excess to, I suppose, in addition rather to good skincare, you really need to look at good nutrition. So, you know, we really are a byproduct of what we eat and drink. And of course, avoiding things like excessive sun exposure, alcohol, smoking, you know, and, you know, the use of certain cosmetics are obviously going to assist with the skin. But it's really about not just expecting that you're going to eat Maccas every day and go to the gym and still be ripped. Like, you, you really need to have the holistic view of, you know, taking on board what you can to have good skin. So for me, I think if we just get started around some basic ingredients that I think people could get started with or look for in anything, whether it's a cleanser, it's a serum, these are some ingredients that I recommend and I'm going to just break down what they do very simply. Mm -hmm. And then what we'll do is I think we'll finish with looking at what kind of routine um, people can look at if they're on a budget or maybe if they've got a little bit more money or time. And so that will be something that we'll finish off with. The first thing though that I do want to talk about is you know, the whole natural versus synthetic skincare. Um, And, you know, a lot of people will say to me, oh, I don't want to use chemicals and I don't, I want everything at 100% natural or I make my own skincare. So 
at the end of the day, these are all opinions and you do what suits you. But one of the things I probably would never do is make my own skincare. And the reason for that is, is that if you're not actually able to keep that and retain that properly in the right conditions, and that is refrigerated, mm. that it's very, very dangerous in that it could breed bacteria that you're introducing mm. onto your skin. So it's okay if you enjoy doing that and, and that's okay, but you really then need to make sure that that homemade skincare you're making is kept as you would food that perishes and that is in a fridge. And you need to maybe make smaller batches and make sure that you're, you know, not keeping on those things for very long because they're not going to uh, sustain or be as long-lasting as, say, something that's been professionally made with some kind of preservative. And mm. there's natural preservatives. Um, so natural versus synthetic. Uh, chemicals, everything's a chemical. Even natural things are chemical. Mm. This is a composition. So don't look at this chemical-free. That's nonsense. Um, not all synthetic ingredients are bad, okay? It's like not all natural is good. Arsenic's natural. We don't want that anywhere near no. us. No. Um, and so... Yes, whilst I agree that going as natural as we can is always great, you really got to look at the product as a whole because even natural, sometimes there's not any real benefit in the ingredients that have been used or the concentration of those natural ingredients is not high enough to really do what the product claims. Or maybe those natural ingredients have been extracted in a chemical extraction which then degrades the integrity of that ingredient. Yeah, it compromises what it's yeah, supposed to do in the first that's place. That's it. So mm. the easiest way to sort of explain that would be a little bit like the cold pressing of juices. Mm. Um, you know, that's became a, become a thing over the last sort of five or so years. So cold pressing obviously retains the integrity of those ingredients. So there's so many variables when it comes to looking at natural and looking at synthetic. There's mm. not a one size or one answer fits all. So that's the first thing. I think when you're looking at ingredients or you're looking at products, look at the integrity of the brand that you're buying from. You know, are they transparent with their ingredients? Are they letting you know the percentage of some of the ingredients that we're going to go through in a moment? Um, and, you know, do they talk about, you know, where they get these ingredients from and where they're made and, and where they're sourced and are they fair trade? All of those things. I think just look at things as a whole, not just as an ingredient specific. So that's mm. my first thing. Um, and that's going to be different for everybody. I mean, yeah. you know, it might be more important for some people that some things are fair trade as opposed to every bit of ingredient being all natural or perceived all natural, you know what I Correct. mean? So it's, yep. it's always going to be a bit of a different mix for everyone. You know, they'd like the majority of it to be maybe an organic or natural mm. product and if it's fair trade, well, that's a bonus or yep. if it's vegan, that's a bonus. But that's so, yeah, it's different for everyone. Yeah, that's it. I think it's looking for products that, um, you know, for in skin, we're talking about skincare very specifically here, mm. is looking at things that, you know, suit, of course, your skin, first of all, but also, you know, they fit within what your whatever your ethos are. Maybe mm. your ethos is just to have good skin. But if mm. everything else around it, you know, don't just look at the ingredient by itself. Look at it as a whole. Mm. Um, you know, and this whole sort of natural, you know, there's no actual parameters or rules or exact science by anybody what constitutes natural. I mean, so everybody's opinion on that's different. So it's also, again, be very careful where you read your information as well because, you know, anything with water in it is technically natural. So, you know, I, I was talking to you earlier, I could mix bloody glue and water and, and say that it's a natural product. So be very careful around that. And, again, not all synthetic things are bad either. So, you know, one of the, the ingredients that I quite like is, is dimethicone, which is a, a silicon um, ingredient. It's not bad for the skin at all, but it has been given a bit of a bad wrap so it's non-comedogenic it helps lock in moisture you know and it's a, it's a kind of a synthetic so you really need to look at things based on what you need my other recommendation before we get into I guess ingredients is don't seek the advice of your mates and your mum and your, I mean obviously you get advice but it, it really needs to take it as, you know, like just take it as their opinion because if you really want specific skincare advice, you need to go to a dermatologist. Mm. I mean, let's face it, these guys and girls have been studying for well over 10 years and it makes sense if, you know, skin has the most diseases, infections of all organs, it makes sense that they are highly skilled in that. So if 
you're just looking at anti-aging or you're just looking at good skincare because you've been blessed with pretty good skin, then maybe you don't need to do that. But if you have any kind of problems, mm. whether it's sort of redness or sensitivity or acne. Um, Allergies, got, all that sort yeah, of Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Go to a dermatologist. Honestly, I mean, these people are so well-versed in what you need to do. They're going to give you the facts, unbiased, hopefully. Um, but more so, they're going to save you money in the long run. Like it might cost you a few hundred dollars initially to see one. But think of all the products we've bought and we've all done this. Um, so many sitting in the cupboard that you just like. And thought, it's all adorned now, I'm sure, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's well and truly. But in the past there's, you know, certainly been boxes oh. and containers and packets and And you pots. don't have the heart to throw it away because you just think, look at all this money, money. I've spent, you know, mm. and it's it's a – you die if you added it all up, what mm. you've spent, and it's mm. not done or it's not suited. And so I think that little investment up front to see someone um, to get you on that right path mm. to at least tell you what your skin type is is absolutely invaluable because then you know and you're armed with the right information and then all mm. you need to then do is look for those products. So I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people get caught up in asking for opinions and, and, and often they're not the right ones. Um so I want to talk about ingredients now because I think we can sit here and say, look, we all need to cleanse our skin and we need to use moisturisers, but look, they're not all created the same. So I think if we look for particular ingredients based on what you're searching for mm. from a results perspective, these things might give you some assistance around looking for the right things. So I've even got a little bit of listy notice here so we don't miss out on any of the valuable ingredients. Mm. Um but you'll find most dermatologists will say that you've got your vitamin C, your retinol, um, and of course sunscreen. Like let's not let's not forget sunscreen. Um, and again, probably one of the things I want to mention about sunscreen is you do have a synthetic version, and you've got obviously your natural version. So you, your more natural version will be things that have um, your zinc oxide or titanium dioxide in there. And you know, to me, that's my preference is to go with a natural sunscreen. There are physical block on the skin mm. and most people won't have any sensitivity to that. Okay, zinc is really something that helps also calm redness. Mm. It's used for babies' bums. What's that bloody grey thing that I used to use on the boys' bums? Uh, um, something. Pseudocream. Pseudocream, that's it. Yeah, yes. like, oh, my God. So it just calms everything and that's mm. what zinc oxide is for. Mm. So it's calming but, of course, it has a natural sun protection. So mm. it's a physical block. They're a little bit thicker than some of the synthetic sunscreens um, but still really effective and I find most people can use them. So that is my definite advice is those three ingredients. But if we go through what I would say my top ten are. Um, vitamin C would be, aside from your sunscreen, vitamin C would be one that I would look for. And it's important to note that all of these ingredients come in different concentrations. Mm. So you really want to look at the highest level of concentration of these ingredients that you can get. But also if you've got a sensitive skin, maybe you need to start with something that's a little bit on the lesser. So you're getting your skin a bit more robust and used to it mm. and then build up to that mm. higher concentration. Because there's some brands that will talk about, you know, oh, it's got vitamin C or it's got uh, vitamin A in there, but the concentration might be 1% versus someone else has got five. Like it's really about the percentage as mm. to how good those results will be. So it's important to ask those questions. So vitamin C is really an antioxidant that helps fight free radical damage, which helps to brighten the skin. And vitamin C is an ingredient that I would say you would use in the morning. So if you're looking at, say, um, moisturisers, serums, things like that, it would be a, a morning product that I would look for. Just to help prep the skin, would yeah. you say, for the day and yeah. just to sort of feed a lot of nutrients into it, get it ready and... Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like vitamin C is just awesome because it just helps. Like it's, it just helps with those free radical, like the little scavengers on the skin that can cause issues with the skin. So it's actually delivering ingredients that help to prevent that damage mm. and then it helps to brighten the skin. That's the bonus of it is it not only protects it but it gets it to look good as well. So you'll find vitamin C maybe in the in, in your skin, uh, in your cleanser, it may be obviously in a serum. That's how I prefer to mm. use a vitamin C because serums do penetrate a little bit further in. Um, but you can also get them in your moisturisers as well and spritzes and things like that. So you can get them in an array of different 
products, but I think vitamin C, definitely your serum and your moisturiser. So we're not saying go and drink half a litre of orange juice? That would be great if that if that was, I mean, yes, that's going to help, but no, don't do that. Okay. It's probably full of sugar as well. I was so going to say, I think the sugar content will sort of counteract any goodness that you're putting into your Or you may skin. be on the toilet <laughs> way too long throughout the day and dehydrating yourself. Yes. So you, it's kind of <laughs> counterintuitive. Yes. Um, so your retin, your retinol A, or retinol or vitamin A, now if you... Um, have ever used it before and it's created a little bit of sensitivity. Now, usually you'll find that these are, yeah, again, serums or moisturisers. Um, if that has caused a bit of sensitivity, there is a more of a, um, well, I don't like to say natural version because vitamin A is natural too, but you can get a product called Bacucci oil. It sounds very cute, doesn't mm, it? Bacucci oil. Um, and it literally is an oil and that then therefore, or it's an ingredient that can help um, with anything to do with your cell renewal and vitamin A, which we'll discuss in a second, but it's better for people with sensitive skin. So remember that one, Bacucci oil, and you don't need to avoid the sun as much. So if you're using a vitamin A, you do need to use sunscreen definitely, or mm. you need to make sure you avoid sun because it just is more photosensitive. So if you're someone out and about a bit more than maybe Bacucci oil, it might take a little bit longer to get the results, but that particular ingredient will actually help um, just the same way as vitamin A. So vitamin A helps cell renewal. So turnover, which means the skin's shed a lot quickly. So mm-hmm. you're basically getting beautiful, more smoother, uh, I suppose, more youthful-looking skin quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also helps with your wrinkles, your acne and spots. So if you've got, say, I don't know, like the beautiful age spots that we start to get, you know, it might help fade them a little bit. So, again, you might find with that particular product that you might want to start off using it every other day or just a couple of times a week. Um, and if you're using what I would call a, a doctor's strength, then make sure you go by the guidance of that particular dermatologist and they'll let you know as to how often to use that. But be super careful because you can get sunburn. Um, Nisanamide is another one, which is B3. It's a bit of a mouthful. All of these amazing ingredients. I think we've gone from, I mean, glycerin's just fabulous. I know it sounds like it's gross, but glycerin is just an amazing ingredient. But we've come a long way from just having glycerin Mm. and mineral oil and all of those basic um, or petrochemical ingredients. There's all these fantastic names that are hard to remember. We probably need to do it almost a, a written version of this so people can print it off, I think. Well, I think the technology's obviously changed in terms of how you're able to extract yes. um, ingredients out of their core, mm. you know, form. Yes. So obviously over the years they've worked out, you know, basically how to get blood from a stone. Yes, <laughs> yes, that so, would be nice. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm so, sure all blood banks would be happy with yeah, that too. So, yeah, essentially. So that's why, you know, obviously in more recent time you've got so many more different types of ingredients to work with because yeah. you yep. can actually get your hands on them, whereas before you think, gee, wouldn't it be great if you could get whatever's in that mm-hmm. plant yeah, or that mineral out of it because I'm sure it would do great for these reasons, whereas now yeah, you obviously yeah. can. Uh, absolutely. And, look, I'm Digressing a little bit here, but you've just sort of mentioned something that's important to note, and and this gets back to the natural versus synthetic. And so this is something that I've always, I guess, been conflicted with because you know when you've got a natural ingredient, you've got to remember that this has been harvested from the earth to some mm-hmm. degree. So mm-hmm. whether it's a plant that has uh, been grown or something that's been cultivated, you know, we are extracting these things from the earth, and so often. What I worry about is, yeah, how is how is that happening? Is, you know, like say, for example, palm oil. Um, yes, there's more certified, um, you know, better means of getting palm oil than there was before when it was affecting, you know, the orangutans and things like that. There's mm. other places we can get palm oil now. But it's still about what is, what are we causing in relation to using that particular ingredient? And so sometimes my belief is when it's a lab-created so technically a synthetic, but it's really still an exact composition and copy of that natural ingredient made in a lab. So they're almost identical. It's just that one's grown, one's made. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's important for people to explore the idea that sometimes I think lab created ingredients are better Mm -hmm. because they're not impacting the environment Mm. as much. They're using less water, you know, there's all less pesticides, even if they're organic, um, less area is needed for the same thing. So, you know, I think it'd be really interesting for people to learn and 
I suppose, open their mind up to lab-created stuff versus just going with natural all mm. the time. Just from an environmental perspective we're talking about here. Sure. So nisanamide is another really beautiful ingredient. It's a B3. Um, my recommendation is if you can work your way up to a percentage of 10% for sensitive skin, start at a 7%. I hope you're all not writing this down madly on a notebook right now. If you're driving, don't do that. Pull over first. I know it's all exciting news. <laughs> But you need to look for something that's closer to the 10%. And basically, niacinamide brightens and it just tackles things like acne, okay? So it's really good for sensitive skin. So if you're wanting something to really brighten and give the skin a smoother look um, and help with the acne, sort of the antibacterial side of it, it's perfect for that. Salicylic acid, have you ever used that? Not unless it was in something and I just didn't realise. <laughs> Which is also quite possible. Mm -mm. Okay, possibly, yes. All right, so salicylic acid, um, your glycolic acid and your lactic acid. Mm. So there's... Well, that's what I get when I'm at the gym, lactic acid, well, when I've done too many crunches. Okay, well, uh, yes, yes, you will get so that. So I'm not supposed to harvest it out of no, my legs no, and no, stick it no, on my face. Okay. No, it'd probably be a lot cheaper, but no, very <laughs> different, uh, very different. But the three things essentially are all exfoliants. So they just help um, with your cell renewal. They just get rid of the topical uh, dead skin. They mm -hmm. unglue the dead skin that's sitting together. So it just makes it a lot easier for us to remove that topical dead skin to then use products that are going to be able to penetrate a little bit further. So if you've got dry skin or you're ageing and our cell renewal slows down, you know, it's important to know that gentle exfoliation is good because it's then going to help open up the skin to all these other beautiful ingredients rather than them being soaked into just dead the skin dead that's going to, mm. you know, get washed away that night. So the salicylic acid is probably the stronger one. It's one that I would recommend more for your oilier skin type. So if you do have what I would consider, say, acne, not so much blemishes but acne, mm. it's excellent for that. Um, and it also helps manage signs of ageing because of it, its exfoliating power. And because of that too, anything that helps with cell renewal helps with collagen as well. Um, so glycolic is one that is probably better for your drier skins. It's one that I actually quite like. Mm. Um, so I do use a glycolic a few times a week and in respect to like a cleanser. But you can also go to a dermatologist and get really, really high percentage glycolics um, and they pop them on. It's almost sort of like feels like a serum. They're almost itchy and stingy. Yes. So if you're putting it on as an actual treatment, you leave them on for two to ten minutes. You've got mm. to build up. You can't just do it straight away. Can you get that in the form of their, like an overnight mask? Would you put that? To, to purchase it, you wouldn't purchase. So to give you an idea, glycolic for what I would call a retail brand will have anywhere from 5 to sort of a 10% ratio. Mm. And then beyond that, it becomes more of a dermatologist thing that needs right. to be sort of, you know, covered or you need someone to to prescribe or you do it in their yes, salon. Yes, yes. Um, and so, for example, the one that I use at the moment, which is the Adorn cleanser, which we've not released yet, but mm. we've just given away a new product. Um, so the glycolic acid cleanser is one that I use a few times a week because it's good for ageing skin mm. or more mature skin because most of us are getting that dehydrated Indeed. skin and it's like, oh, God, how do we get our cells to just perform better and mm. renew quicker? So the glycolic's perfect for us. So anyone that's sort of over the age of 30 that's got that drier skin um, and as I said, if you're wanting to really get serious results, you could see a dermatologist and their percentage can go up to 70%. You've got to work up to that. Right. Um, and it is, yeah, an itchy sort of a feeling like on the skin. And that's just because it's eating into the skin like little Pac-Men and dissolving all of that yuckiness. <laughs> Think of all these little mini, yes. little mini pink Pac-Men because we don't do yellow. It's not on brand. Pink Pac-Men. Miss Pac-Men. Little Miss Pac-Men. Hmm. Um, and then you've got your lactic acid. So hmm. it's also really good. Same thing. They all essentially do the same thing, but lactic acid is better for your sensitive skins. Um, also, again, removes your dead skin, helps cell renewal and removes dirt, etc. But lactic acid is obviously just a little bit gentler if you have more of a sensitive skin. Um, and the last couple of ingredients I want to mention would be hyaluronic acid. 
Mm. Um, and also ceramides, which has kind of gained in popularity. So your hyaluronic acid, most people can use it. We naturally produce that. So most people won't have a sensitivity to that. And, again, you could get that in, you know, serum, your moisturisers, all sorts of things. I mean, even um, Adorn has that in their BB, their eye cream. So basically your hyaluronic acid temporarily, now this is important to note, it's temporary, it helps to hydrate and plump the skin, okay? So it basically attracts water to it. So what's, I suppose, important about collagen, and a lot of people think, oh, I need more collagen. Why is collagen important? Collagen actually acts like a magnet and attracts water to it. So the more collagen you've got, the more ability you've got to retain water in the skin. Mm. So that's what gives it its plumpness. Yes. As we lose collagen, we lose the ability to retain moisture mm. and hydration. And so what the hyaluronic acid will be doing is that on a temporary measure. Right. So it's helping to lock in moisture, attract that those water molecules, so from your moisturiser maybe and things like that, and it basically helps plump the skin, okay? But it's not something that you can use and then at night time still have the same results. It's It will wear off throughout the day. So would that be require you to then apply it through, you know, several times per day, like, or is it just purely a morning and night thing? Look, I'm not too sure I know anyone that's got the time for that. But, yeah, ultimately, if you were wanting the benefits of plumper-looking skin and you were going out that night, I'd recommend, you know, taking your makeup off from the day and do it again. Put your hyaluronic acid serum on or your moisturiser or whatever it is to just re-plump and rehydrate the skin, mm. yes. Um, the ceramides is another one. And ceramides are probably one of my favourite ingredients. Again, it's it's kind of a natural ingredient that we uh, produce. And basically what that does is it helps, again, seal in hydration. It helps improve skin barrier function and protects skin from damage. And so why I love this is because it helps with skin barrier function. And what the hell is that? Skin barrier function is literally the ability for your skin to be healthy enough that it's not got any kind of micro tears or got any kind of issue on the skin that could possibly let germs, bacteria and things like that into it. So it's there to help the health of the overall skin and help the skin protect itself from other damage. So it's super important, especially if you're someone like me who gets a bit of psoriasis or if you get eczema, maybe you've got a bit of rosacea, any of those kinds of... I mean, to me personally, I think everyone could use a ceramide product. Um, it just helps protect the skin, period. So if you can use that in um, a moisturiser, perfect. Um, and I like to layer my moisturisers too. So you can definitely use a few different moisturisers if you'd like to as well, and I alternate my moisturisers as well based on my skin at that particular time. Um, so we'll go through order of skincare in a moment and mm. what I think you can do. But I think the other question I get yeah, asked... Yeah, because I think I think people just get very confused about, you know, yeah, what, what, and when. what and when, that's exactly right. Yeah. And am I doing this too much and not enough of that mm. one? Or um, And because it becomes such a... You, you really do want it to be an automatic process oh. where in the morning you just yep. know what you've got to do and it just gets, goes on. A bit like us setting up the podcast, Jack. Yeah. We just want to be able to click those mics in and go. <laughs> make, it, just, make it work. It's not... Not happening just yet, guys. There's a lot of effort into these going into this podcast, but it is. It's all happening. It's all happening. Um, but yeah, just because we're all time poor, and often while we're doing that process, you've got you know kids coming into the bathroom, going, "Where's this? Where's that? Can I yeah. borrow your hair straightener? Can you wipe my bum? Have you got my? Have you got dry shampoo? Whatever's mm. you know, and mm. then you get lost and go, "Now what was I just putting on?" Yes. I can't remember. <laughs> so. Especially of a morning. Like I have to agree, mm. the morning's kind of like, you know, slap bang, let's just get this mm. done and I mm. want to look good and feel good. But to me I feel like if you can try and take the time at night for it to be more of, you know, um, an experience or self-care, mm. that's how I try and, you know, I suppose separate the two. You want it to be quick, results, protect in, in the morning, morning and then at night time make it all be healing and, yes, yeah, self-care. I agree. I've started to do that more I think. I think that's where, whereas before it was like, quick, let's just get the makeup off, let's put a moisturiser on or whatever else has got yeah. to go on and then just, whereas now I think I'm in the bathroom for a good 20 minutes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> of a night time. Do you lock the door? No, I don't know. I don't know because I would still. You get... don't have kids under eight, so you don't. No, need that's to lock right. The door All of ours are older and usually upstairs on their phones by that time. But it's just that whole idea of just taking that time to, you know, put your hair up, and yeah. get the warm water on the flannel, and yes. use all your lotions and potions. Yeah. And then occasionally, you know, I get a call from the other 
side of the bedroom going, what are you doing in there? <laughs> They're just jealous. They want your products. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, and then that being a ritual to sort of defrag yeah. the day. Absolutely. To the point when you get into bed and maybe open your book, you're kind of in the right headspace for I that. agree. I absolutely mm. agree. And I think well, we need, need to touch more on how you can do that um, in a moment because that's so important. Mm. Um, I, I think you know, getting back to, you know, the, the more technical side of skincare and that is that, you know, often people want to know how long things are going to take to get results and mm. I get that. Like we all want to look like we're 20, God forbid I'd never want to be 20 again, but, mm. you know, sorry for those 20-year-olds, bless your cotton socks, you've got so much to go through. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's it's the the results really will depend on your age and, it, it, again, it comes down to um, cell turnover and so, you know, when you are in your teens and your, your early 20s, you might find that your cell renewal and your turnover is maybe every two to three weeks and then, you know, tw- in your 20s it might be sort of every 30 to 40 days and then, God bless, you know, when it's 40 plus, it becomes sort of, you know, anywhere from 40 days onwards. So you kind of need to look at, okay, based on that, if you're in your 30s and you're trying a new product, you might find that therefore you start to see the results in a month's time. That's a good kind of guide. And then sort of when you're around maybe our age group, it could Mm. be around six to eight weeks that you notice the difference. So it's really looking at your cell turnover by age and that's something you can Google as well if you're a certain age and I haven't covered it and you want to know. That's that's really the guideline that I would would work on, Mm. especially if you're using products from home and you you don't have, say, what I would call a dermatologist-level um, of product, which obviously are a lot more um, a lot stronger, then yes, you do need to sort of allow for those time frames. Mm. Um, if you want more instant, you know, gratification, then of course you can look at injectables and things like that. So yeah. not not promoting them, but that's you know obviously the only way that you're going to get more permanent sort of results. Yeah, is, or if is, you're in oh, intensive treatments at salons and yeah, those yeah, like lasers and mm. and all mm. of those things. And that's I think a whole new podcast. But yes, you've mm. got your lasers, your injectables, um, and those kinds of things that obviously will you know increase and basically give you those results that you want within a week or so. Mm. Um, so the order of your skincare. So I think. It's good to kind of place it in two, two sections of anything you do in the morning is to protect and anything you do at night is to heal or yeah, to rejuvenate. Or mm. That's exactly mm. right. So that's, it's as simple as that. Whatever you're going to do today in the morning, what am I doing now to look good but also protect my skin from the elements? So, you know, it needs to protect you from the sun if you're out and about. It needs to protect you from pollutants, someone smoking near you, um, air con, heating, all of those environmental stresses is really what you want to look at. So for me, if you're on a budget, I think the AM skincare that I would be really looking at mm. is a good face cloth. Yep. I'm not a big fan of using an actual cleanser of a morning and I'll explain why in a moment. So a good face cloth, um, warm tepid water and stop putting your faces under hot showers. Mm. That's my first advice morning or night. Mm. Any kind of hot or heat will strip the skin of all of its moisture and it will therefore make the skin feel tight. It'll be dry. It can help with, you know, exasperating rosacea, broken capillaries. So if there's any one bit of advice you take away from this podcast is that you do not stick your face under hot water anymore. Mm, mm. It's got to be almost like cool. Mm. or tepid at best, okay, to retain. It's like when they say put cool water over your hair to, to seal in, you know, your hair follicle. It's the same thing. Mm. So I don't ever put my face under running water, period. Um, so for me it's just using a warm waffle weave cloth, which Adorn has. It's it's gently exfoliating. It's um, beautiful. It's such a nice thing. I mean, because oh. it's, it's so, I mean, I get up very early in the morning, as you know, know. to go and do it's yoga. disgusting and how early you get up. <laughs> It's up but, like five people. Yeah, do we do. want to all shoot her? Like, honestly. <laughs> but it's the one thing I know that will wake me up to go mm-hmm. yoga is like oh, if I can manage to physically get out of the bed, then I know I'm going. Yep. But going into the bathroom and then just, yeah, having that waffle and just sort of basically wiping away that sleep or that of comatose yeah. state that I was in, <laughs> it really does help yeah. and to make your skin feel, you know, quite clear. And then I usually just put a really light moisturiser to go to yoga yeah. in before I come back and That's do my it. proper, yep. you know, skincare That's routine it. for the day. A- absolutely. And, mm. like, you know, if, if 
If you've got even dry, sensitive, sore skin, I don't. You, you could probably just even spritz your face with a bit of rose mm. water, you know, mm. because if you've got dry, sore, sensitive skin, you're probably not producing enough oil anyway. So you don't need to even use the cloth. Just, just there's some mornings I'll admit I just put rose water on, and that's the start. I don't even use a warm waffle. It just depends. Um, but it is important that you know whether it is night or morning. And if you do do need to use some kind of a, a cleanser, and I, as I said before, not a, an actual physical cleanser of a morning, unless you've got really super oily acne skin, yes, you may need to. But everybody else, I think, just a cloth. And using a cloth is important because it not only helps with mechanically moving away any dirt, skin and grime, just splashing a bit of water or splashing water over your cleanser is not going to remove your cleanser properly. Mm. Um, every time I see a cleansing ad and they splash water on their face, first of all, I go into OCD mode <laughs> because I think of the water all over the bench and yes, the mirror. Yes, exactly. I always think of that floor. too, or over the mirror. It's like it doesn't work that way, no. people. Like, no. no no. And I always thought people knew that, but they don't. Like I was having this conversation with the girls in the Adorn office many, many, many years ago. And when I said this same thing to them, they're like, what do you mean you don't splash water on your face? I only fell over. I'm like, do you all actually splash your face with water? Do I thought everyone knew that was the mar- a marketing ploy. No. That was not something you actually, it's like when you see people eat things on television or in a commercial, we all know that's not how you eat yeah. a hamburger. No, well, the hamburger or, doesn't even look like that. Yeah, correct, and, or a hot dog or <gasps> a, a strawberry. Because yes. you know, like when the people eat strawberries and they yes. they put their lips so that they're oh, sort of curled up. Sexual, it is it? a bit around the, the, the base of the strawberry and they sort of gently bite God, into God, I it. wish no. you could all see what Jack's doing right now. It's, <laughs> this, this is a whole Just new podcast. <laughs> eating fruit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you know that that's not how people no. eat strawberries. So why people would think you splash your face to get off cleansers yeah, beyond but me? I, but I can't blame them because it's like, unless you're actually invested and interested in skincare or you, you – you do. It's monkey see, monkey do. You just do what you see. And so I get that. But it, it, please don't do, use a cleanser and splash water on your face. One, you're going to have more to clean up. And two, it doesn't get rid of all of the cleanser on your face. No. Um, most of what you're trying to remove, especially at the end of the day, is oil-based dirt and grime, okay? And so water and oil don't mix. It's basic science. So you're trying to then get that off with water and not only is it not removing all of that crap, but it's also leaving a remnant of that cleanser on your face, yes. which is very, very sensitive and is got obviously going to cause other issues. So I, I've digressed a bit, but anyway, getting back to the morning whether it's just a quick spritz of a rose water or a warm waffle, whatever that is, that's all I think you need to do unless you're acne, okay? And then, yes, you might need to use a cleanser. And then I think really just a damn good moisturiser that has one of the ingredients that we sort of mentioned before. And I think if you can look at something that's got, yeah, your hyaluronic or um, say your vitamin C, but definitely things like glycerin that really, and natural glycerin obviously, that really help to protect and nourish the skin because you really want a moisturiser that's going to lock in the moisture and the water retention for the protection of the skin, okay? And please don't get stressed about non-comedogenic. That's another thing that does my head in. Non-comedogenic, people worry about, um, you know, when you say lock in moisture, I think the first thing people think of is, oh, I'm going to get pimples now. Yeah, because it's not letting the skin breathe. It's it's mm. such a load of crap, honestly. There is no formal, you know, rule around what non what what comedogenic is and it will depend on so th- there's a, a ratio of what comedogenic level something is either very or it may be have a lower score okay so oils even are not comedogenic depending on what it is so coconut oil is more so than say like a rosehip or a jojoba oil so everything varies it's not easy to just say oh something's comedogenic and will cause pimples or it won't it is so not that simple and it really then depends on what that you can't look at a product and go it's got coconut oil in it shit it's going to cause me pimples Mm. because everything else that is in there may not cause that and the coconut oil might be so low that it's not even an issue. So it really, really depends. Again, that's another thing that we need to not worry about. Just look at a product or a moisturiser that's going to lock in, seal hydration, because hydration and water is going to be your best friend for healthier, more youthful-looking skin for longer. So good moisturiser and then 
definitely a, a good sunscreen if you're out and about, mm. okay? I am very rarely outside, so I'm not someone who wears a lot of sunscreen, um, but if you are, a good sunscreen. And so then if you do find that you're someone who's out and about, you do need to understand that if you put a sunscreen on in the morning, you're wearing makeup, it's not going to last the day. You need to reapply it. Okay, so that's not going to be sensible for most people. Um, so you or may... anyone that lives in Melbourne, don't worry about it so much. No, just <laughs> often it's, do we easy, see it's, the it's sun? easier to put. I know, and you never even know when you're going to see. It. It's like a surprise, <laughs> um, you know. So just wear a hat or something in that instance. But it is about having to cover cover um, obviously. What am I saying? Not cover. Of course, you're covering your skin. It's about just basically knowing that you need to reapply. Um, so they would be my three main things. And I think if you can invest in a really good facial mist or spritzer, mm. um, that is, I think, a really important skin care that you can do during the day. I love it. Yeah. Oh, like apart from the fact if you spritz your face with a rose water before a moisturiser, when your skin is damp, it's more permeable, which means that you're able to absorb more of the good ingredients and all of that yumminess from your moisturiser or your serum. So you should just do whatever your cleanse is, spritz, damp skin, straight away put your products on. Um, what I also love about that then is if you're in an office, heating, aircon, whatever it is, if you're spritzing with rose water, for example, throughout the day and not rose fragrance, real actual rose water people, mm -hmm. um, spritz all day throughout the day and that is going to help moisture, keep moisture in the skin. It's going to deliver water to the skin so that your skin is not getting dry and using its own, I suppose, resources of moisture. It's, it's, it's extracting from that. Yep. And that is just probably the best advice I'd give you for through, throughout the day. Mm. Um, nighttime is definitely... A double cleanse. Yes. Okay, so for me it's a, about a, an oil-based cleanser to start with, so like a pre-makeup cleanse. There's some beautiful balms. Adorn's, of course, got a beautiful pre-cleanse makeup removing oil. Use that to basically bind and attract to your own natural oils, dirt and grime that's accumulated over the day, and, of course, it will gently help lift makeup. makeup. It's so much easier oh. to get makeup off with an oil than it is with, say, You're some of those other... you ripping your skin. Yeah, other those, some of those other cleansers or milks mm. or whatever. I just, just find not, that oil not is as effective. Lot, no, especially and mm. again, it's back to basic science. If your makeup's a, an oil base, you know you really need to look at an oil based cleanser to get that first sort of layer off. So a good oil based pre cleanse to start with, and then a second cleanse to get in deeper. So you'd be looking at something like a milk or a gel cleanser or something like that. Mm. And you don't need a lot. Okay, that's another thing. People just use way too much product. Your skin can only tolerate so much product, and it can only absorb so much product. So more doesn't mean better okay mm. so a good double cleanse remove it with a face cloth of some description okay and then what i would suggest is spritz rose water is perfect if you're someone who's got more of an acne skin then you might want to look at something that's maybe a bit more astringent that's possible um, but if you've also got dehydrated skin with acne which is quite common then the rose water is fine then I would look at a good night moisturiser that's all about nourishing, replenishing, rejuvenating and healing. So all of that and something that obviously absorbs quite nicely. You don't want anything that's too greasy. And then I would have a really nice eye cream if that's something that you would like to pop on. And always put your eye cream on first because the skin around the eyes is very thin. Mm -hmm. So if you put your moisturiser on first, it's probably going to take that in before it takes in your eye cream. So pop right. your eye cream on first and then your uh, night cream. What I would suggest with your nighttime routine is do it a few hours before you go to bed. I mm. got, get asked this question, which I find interesting. Um, don't do it straight before bed because no. if it hasn't absorbed, it's going to go into your pillowcase. Pillow, yes. That's... Um, you know, and it's, it's just being wasted. And my other suggestion is make sure you use more natural fibres with your pillowcase. This is another good skincare. It's probably not something that the vegans want to hear, but your silk pillowcases are awesome because they're going to or there's so many good um, uh, versions, you know, more new age versions of the silk pillowcase. I think eucalyptus is one. They're not as smooth and silky as silk, but they are still better for the skin in that your skin sort of moves over them a lot easier and they don't seem to absorb your oils out of your skin um, as much. So I think if you're going to look at you know, um, some of some cottons even, they really absorb even the, the, the oils um, and definitely some of the synthetic materials. So look at the 
the pillowcase and please change your pillowcase every second day. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's going to be that. That's going to be a massively jarring. <laughs> Sorry, people driving at the moment yeah. who've just gone what? Yeah, like some people will go. Oh, I don't need to. Well, everything's a need to know and up to you basis. And but that is one of my easy top tips of skincare is change that because you know it doesn't matter. You're still sweating. You're still you know like oil, and then the next day you're then laying on that again. So True. every couple of days, replace your... I've got more pillowcases than I have <laughs> anything else in this household. Like it's just a, a rotisserie of pillowcases being washed. <laughs> rotisserie of pillowcases. <laughs> that's a brand, I think, right there. Um, so that, that's my basic advice. And I think that, you know, if you do it a few hours before bed, like we are saying before, it yeah. becomes a ritual. That's and right. I think you bloody deserve it. Like people are shocked to know that I have a bath every night. Um, maybe not so shocked if you're in the private Adorner group because you probably see me naked in there, like PG-rated people, but I do mm. a bath time waffle with the group there. And so I come home, I, I like to get home about four. Yes, you're probably all thinking good and well for you if you can get home by that time. Mm. But whatever time it is, you don't have to have a bath for half an hour. I don't. It's no. literally probably 10 minutes because yes. I can't stand being in there that yeah, long. Yeah, I can't sit in a bath anymore. No. Too long. No, yeah. I can't. But it's to me it's about signifying... Part of that day's done, and now this is setting me up for the next Home part of my time. day. Yeah, like I can actually defrag. I everyone knows when I come home, I just go straight to the bath. I don't even talk to anyone. I don't care even <laughs> if it's three thirty. You, I go to the bath, I do my thing, and then I'm done. And then mm. I can just focus on what else needs to be done. And mm. I've just given myself that time. And I feel like you're not as resentful about people hounding you for shit because mm. you've just had that moment. Mm. Um, so that would be my recommendation. And I think if you have the money or you have the time or you're as addicted to skincare as, say, I am and so many other people I know, then you may want to incorporate a serum. Um, for me, serums are beautiful because they can penetrate the skin just that little bit further. They're more targeted. So moisturisers, let's face it, they are there literally to deliver hydration and water. Mm. And, yes, it's bonus if they've got all these other amazing things in them, but that's essentially what they're there to do. Your serums are more targeted and they can help with problems or concerns that you may have, whether it's anti-ageing, whether it's, um, you know, you've got spots, maybe your skin's not bright and dewy as you'd like it to be, maybe fine lines your thing, maybe redness is an issue for you. So your serums can target more of those things. Um, and so that would be my next thing up from a cleanser moisturiser um, is adding in a serum, okay? And then... Would you put the serum on before the moisturiser, would you? No. I put the serum on after. Sorry, before. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. yes. You put it on before. Mm. So basically your thinnest products go on first up to your oiliest products. Mm. So your Mm. water base up to your oil base. Yes. So my next product that I'd introduce after a serum would be a face oil. Oh, God. God, I love a face oil. Mm, Again, they don't clog your skin. Um, It really just helps nourish the skin and actually quite opposite to causing skin congestion. They Most oils, plant-based oils, will actually fight bacteria. Mm. And you've got to think bacteria is a living organism and it needs water and oxygen to survive. Now, water cannot be in an oil, okay? There's no water in it, so bacteria cannot breed in an oil. That's why your oils last so much longer. They don't have a a shelf life um, than, say, anything that's introduced water to it. So any of your moisturisers and serums and things like that need preservatives because there's water in there and it's it's more likely that over time bacteria could be introduced, introduced, it's a new word, introduced, et cetera. But an oil bacteria can't survive in that. So Mm. it makes sense that that when that's on your skin, it's actually fighting bacteria that might be there. So it's actually really good for people with acne and blemishes. Also really good for people who have redness, sensitivity. Um, My favourite is the borage oil. Sounds like you're putting porridge on your face. We've got a borage and bakuchi oil, which is obviously the natural vitamin A. Um, And I've got psoriasis and I'm not suggesting that it cures it because it it doesn't. That's an inflammation um, disease, but it calms the redness noticeably. So mm. if you've got rosacea, a barrage oil is, um, or borage oil, however you want to say it, is perfect for that. Mm. Um, and there's so many different face oils that will help also target some of those specific things. But what they do is they nourish the skin. It helps lock in your moisturiser. But if you've got more mature skin like me and you love using a loose mineral facial 
um, I'm, t- I'm gone from skin and makeup. Cosmetic. A mm. mineral loose foundation, mm-hmm. Jack, mm-hmm. is that you then have it turn into like a liquid. So there's a little makeup tip. If mm. you want to use a loose mineral foundation, use a face oil underneath it and it just looks divine. And then you yes, get the added does. bonus mm. of the SPF that's in your mineral foundation as well. So serum, face oil are the two extra things that I would add in. And then I think, you know, a whole new podcast for us would be talking about the treatments and things that you could do mm. in addition to that, to which might be basic. once or twice a yes. week. But it would be... Um, cleanse um, or, you know, cleanse the skin. It would be then serum. Yes. It would be moisturiser. Then yes. it would be your facial oil. Yes, That's absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And and if you can, use a spritzer before you, yes. after you cleanse. That would be ideal because wet skin, you know, penetrates a lot better. Um, so, yeah, look, I think if you kind of focus on those things as a starting point, Follow us for more tips on what you can do to get your skin to that next level and mm. that is really about introducing things like fruit enzymes and your masks. Um, you know, those kinds of products are going to be, you know, what gets your skin to that next level. And don't forget your body. That's the other thing too. You know, I, for me, I don't know about you, but I moisturise morning and night. Mm. I use a body oil, um, the Adorn one, and if I don't have time or I'm feeling a bit lazy, I'll put it in the bath. Mm. So then it's like I've come out with the oil on my skin yes. to protect it. So um, I think to recap, mm. what do you think you've taken away from this, Jack, more than than anything? Like is there anything new that you think you've taken away apart think... from needing multiple um, pillowcases now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I've you're, off, you're, you're off to... Um, I, I was going to say I'm off to bed shop. by the table yeah. <laughs> after this to go and <laughs> buy up on pillowcases. <sighs> um, no, I think it's just the more of the re-education around the ingredients. Mm. I think that you've... Um, to have been able to highlight today um, and the the types of products and what they do and then the order with which to do them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the key things that I think a lot of people tend to just, you know, get a little bit lost on and I think Mm -hmm. that's really helpful. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, at the end of the day it's supposed to be a little bit of fun, a little bit of self-indulgence. We all deserve it. And, again, just just remember the basics um, that we've discussed today and Mm. I think, again, you know, find what works for you and, you know, make sure you're getting that um, advice from an unbiased uh, source and again if you've got a problematic skin always seek the advice of a dermatologist that's how I'd like to finish it off and um, if you'd love to try the Adorn product sample things first don't waste your money try a sample make sure it's right for you it's better for the environment you're not wasting products and I just want to thank you for tuning in everybody I'd love to hear what you've learnt from this and maybe what you'd like to hear from future episodes from Jack and I and the Briny Kennedy Lifestyle Edit and if you're in interested in seeing more or hearing more from us, you can subscribe to the podcast on your streaming services and we'll be coming back to you with another episode of the Bryony Kenny Lifestyle Edit in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's been great having a chat with you today, Bryony, and um, we will speak to everyone really soon. Yay! You've been listening to the Bryony Kennedy Lifestyle Edit, brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. Luxury without the guilt. <laughs>